Attention, Midwest firefighter. Attention, Midwest firefighter. We have a large wildland fire reported west of town near the Smith residence. Good morning, everybody. We're back with another episode of the Midwest Firefighter. Today, we're going to do something just a little different. We're going to take a little dive through history. So, uh, Aaron, I'm going to need you to think back to 2012. Kelsey, what were you doing in 2012? 2012? Man. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. 10 years ago. I realize you've crossed the hill now, um, but if you could think <laughs> hard on that. As a firefighter, more specifically, what were you doing in 2012? 2012. Our fires were starting to get larger at that point in time. Um, before that, there wasn't ever really... I mean, talking to some of the older guys, the they had bigger fires back in the day, but just not as consistent as what they were in 2012. Uh, it just seemed like every time we turned around, pagers were going off for something in our own district <clears throat> or going to go help other departments calling for mutual aid. Um, I think that was the first year where we really started to come together as a group to kind of say, hey, we need to start doing something. Yeah, I mean... I specifically remember uh, a couple things. The first one is lightning storms rolling into to town. And several of us just drove down to the fire hall and we got our gear and we just sat in the trucks because we knew it was dry lightning. And when the page came in, they paged three fires at one shot. Yep. And you just knew at that time point that's how things were going to go. And and the tone was set pretty early, I guess, for that year. Yeah. Um, very, very droughty and, and dry and just seemed like, I don't remember specifically how many calls we had that year, but um, it was almost like you were paranoid to go to bed at night because you knew you weren't going to get to sleep. And I think, so 2012, I'd been on for about eight years at that point in time. But I think that was when I finally started looking at like the pastures when I'm at work, looking at them instead of saying, oh, that's just a normal pasture. I look at it a little different now. Yeah, see, seeing how dry things are and yeah. the di- the different colors and and how uh, how the animal life looks and and things like that. I mean, you always pay attention to the you know the the wild oats turning you know pretty early, right? But then after that, it's like okay, now you start looking at the the pastures and like oh yep they're not green anymore. Okay, things are going to start picking up possibly. And, then you get a little rain shower, and oh, hey, look at that, green back up. And just pretty much from that point on or that year, you know, I make it pretty much a priority just to kind of make mental notes throughout the entire year. Okay, yeah, things look good and green right now, but what's going to happen in a month? Are we getting moisture now? Have we gotten moisture in the past? Um, I'm not a weather guy, but I look at the weather every day during the summer just to kind of watch that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, 
I would say that's really when I started tuning myself into that, to be more honest. Yeah. Aaron, 2012. I I remember going up to to some of the bigger fires on there. Um, prior to those bigger fires, I mean, what what was your thought in 2012? Did you, you know what, I guess this open, open to you, Kelsey, too, like going into 2012, did you guys think it was any different than any other year? I don't, I honestly, I don't think I did. I think it was, I mean, you know, you've been on the fire department. I'm was just a firefighter. Um, show up, put the fire out, um, go about life. But, um, I think, I think that was the year where, yeah, definitely we, we started to see a lot, a lot of changes in how, we did things. Maybe some of the incident commands things started to maybe change. Maybe some uh, more mutual aid responses. Um, yeah, and and before we get too far into this show, uh, just want to let all the listeners know this is going to be a little bit different type of setup tonight or today. So, what we are doing is it's kind of a case study, and this is derived from a conversation we had earlier. So. Um, it's just interesting. It's like, hey, you know, 2022, boy, that was that was a rough one. Yeah. That was intense. It's like, well, what's the nearest thing we can compare it to? Well, it's close to 2012, but boy, 2022. So we actually took a dive into this thing and and put some a few statistics, not a lot, but a few statistics to it. And what we're finding is a lot of things changed and a lot of things happened. So Go go ahead. Sorry, you. So you went on some big fires there in in 2012. Um, were you red card certified at that time, or even taking the training? Uh, I Maybe. I think I. I I might have taken it in 2012. I can't. I can't remember. I. I mean, I'd have to look back through all my <laughs> documentation. <laughs> You've done a couple things since then. Yeah, it's. Kelsey, do you remember? I definitely was not red carded. Right. I didn't get red card until 2018. So your wildfire experience was basically what we dealt with. Yep, just our what our normal fires were on for our fire department. Nothing too too major. I mean, for us at that point in time to have a 500 acre fire, I mean that was that was, was a big big fire. Yeah, I mean that was huge for us. And then since then they've just been. I mean, we had dead a dead span in there for a while, but I mean, that's when we I think we really started to change the tactics to better benefit us. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, and and just for all the listeners out there, can you guys talk about some of those tactics that we started changing? You know, from prior to 2012 to the 2012 fire season, and how did we progress through the 2012 fire season? I would have to say one of the one of the tactics that I saw us like when I when we first got on the department I I saw a lot of there's the fire let's just go hit it um, and everybody just find some fire put it out and it, when you had mutual aid it was a lot of okay just everybody shows up and and start spraying water on on fire and I think after. 2012 we started started maybe 
implementing a little bit of a plan. Some of the anchor flank and pinch. Start at the base of the fire. Um, work work your way around it. Um, would you, Would you agree, Kels? Yeah, I'd say our tactics on that aspect have definitely changed. You know, and and what brings and we're gonna get into this more in depth, but what brings change, right? So. Why do we change what we're doing? We were just talking about this, Aaron, where the fire service is extremely traditional, and so and so said, "Do this," so I do this. Well, why do you do that? Uh, you know, I don't We've want to quote done. off of Forrest Gump because you told me to, Drill Sergeant, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's why we do what we do. It's because we're told to, right? Um, but typically, change is brought on because we got our butt kicked somewhere. Something happened that um, maybe nobody got hurt or anything like that, but. We didn't achieve our goals in the fashion that we wanted to. So we have to start deciding how to do things differently. Would you agree? Yes, I would agree. Well, you, you look at the definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the different result. Yeah. And so, 2012 wasn't going to give you that opportunity. So, right. That thing was going to sucker punch you in the face if you weren't watching it. Um, so let's dive into this, guys. Um, Aaron. 2012 versus 2022, which uh, date, I guess, would you say had most of acres burned up? Well, when you first asked asked me this question, my original answer was uh, 2022. Yeah. Kelsey, would you have guessed the same? I would have guessed 2022 would have had more acres burned, yes. Yeah. Very much surprised because I was in the same boat. Um, you know, in 2012, the state of Nebraska burned nearly 500,000 acres. 500,000. 2022, 250,000. 250,000. 250, so just a, a sh- like shade half. under half. Yeah. And, but yet we were dealing with this crazy, erratic, wildfire, you know, um, and, and Kelsey, you mentioned some before we started airing here that I agree 100% with. I think 2022 um, was more erratic. Our fire behavior was definitely more erratic than 2012. Right, because it was more weather-driven. Yes. Where 2012, it was huge lightning storms rolling through and just hitting really remote areas. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there was wind and stuff, too. I'm not denying that a single bit. I mean, it was... Extreme fire behavior, but not the insanity we've seen last year. Right. Yeah, and, and I'm not very good at remembering weather patterns, but to have 70 and 80 mile an hour wind days for two, three days constant, I just don't ever remember that. Right. Well, I I dove into that just a little bit. Um, and I was just looking at drought monitor. I guess I, I didn't pull any forecasts from 2012. But in January of 2012, according to the drought monitor, the U.S. drought monitor, uh, we were mostly normal, normal precipitation. Um, July, we were in extreme. August, we were exceptional. And then September, it was worse yet. They didn't have a category, but it spread, right? It was a bigger area. So in six months, we went from normal to extreme. And that's when things started happening. Yeah. So... As firefighters, um, you know, in in this area, what that tells me is we were normal at green up. So we grew a lot of fuel. Yep. Yeah. And then 
would turn dry. And I, I think that probably contributed a, a major contributing factor for why it got so bad with with that extreme drought. I mean, you want to hear something crazy? Sure. 2022. We're moderately, according to the drought monitor, we're moderately to some very small areas of severe drought in April of 22. Okay. May, moderate, severe, starting to see little bits of extreme show up. July, moderate, severe, more acres in extreme drought. September, moderate, severe, more extreme, and exceptional starting to show up on the map. So I couldn't find a January of 22, but that's pretty fresh. It was pretty dry, right? Uh, a year ago, it was pretty dry going yeah. into spring. Well, January 22, I think we we're still having 60-degree weather. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, we didn't have any snow, any rain, nothing. I was I was looking at some pictures, and I was outside in January wearing a, a sweatshirt. Yep. And it was beautiful. Yeah. It's it's crazy, but what's fun, and it's hard to do this, you know, over over, over a radio show, right, a podcast. It would be nice if, if we could put these graphs together, but following the parallels between those two years is actually more similar than you would think. Um, so that's what really started intriguing me in this thing. It's like, okay, so 500,000 acres in 2012, um, 250,000 acres in 2022. Okay. What changed? Okay. So here's where I want to dive into this thing and, and have a round table here. What changed? Who changed? Where did it change? How did it change? Why did it change? And when did it change? So, roundtable conversation, and this is our opinion, our perspective, right? This isn't, we're not going out here pulling all these these data and this and that from all over the place saying this is law, blah, blah, blah. No, this is our opinion of a change in the fire service for a positive manner to go from 500000 to 250000 So, the first one, what changed? I think what changed is um, from 2012, I mean, to have a strike team or a task force or whatever, I mean, I don't think anybody in the state had one. Right. And and, and due to the 2012 um, fire season, the state of Nebraska passed the Nebraska Wildfire Control Act. And, and through that, um, we were developing some seat bases, and whatnot, but I think one of the biggest things that happened as of 2017, they had trained just around 5,500 wildland volunteer firefighters. 5,500 wildland volunteer firefighters in five years have been trained. It's 1,100 a year. I, I can see that being a significant advantage to what we were facing in 2022. Right. Because prior to 2012, and and I didn't dig into these stats, but it just wasn't, you know, we, we talked a lot about wildfires, this and that, but it wasn't that big of a deal. We'd go out with 50, 100 acres, 150, you know, 500, maybe 1,000, 1,200 acre day, but that was pretty rare. And then also in 2012 hits, and it's like, okay, this is something we need to learn how to deal with. And we need to learn how to deal with this pretty quick. Yep. Um, and state of Nebraska took a great move in doing this. Um, another thing that they did with this was um, they went out and cleared almost 9,000 acres of overstocked dense forest fuels on critical lands near homes, ranches, and towns. They used that money to go around and start thinning this stuff out because due to the, the Region 24 
complex fires. The, part of the reason they were so difficult um, was the terrain. We didn't have the, the resources and whatnot um, readily available, I should say, because there was a lot of wildfire going on at one time there. Yeah. And the other thing was the red cedar was so thick. And they'd been preaching, the locals up there, I read one article uh, the other day about this, and they were talking about uh, the locals were like, hey, we need to do something, we need to do something. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, we know they're a problem, but nothing was happening. They weren't doing any controlled burns, anything like that. And now all of a sudden they have this thing blow up, and guess what? Those red cedars are like little mini torches to spread this thing around. And, and it opened up a lot of eyes to saying, okay, we need to go in and deal with this thing. I, I would have to say that I don't really remember a lot of training opportunities for wildland firefighting prior to 20, uh, 2012, 2013. I mean, I, I, think, I think it was there, but I don't think, especially in the state of Nebraska, there was a lot of, of training because, because that's kind of what our bread and butter was. Right, right. You know, you it, had to go out and seek, you know, like red card classes and things of that nature, right? And as a whole, as a state, up until that point, we've done pretty good, right? Well, I mean, when sometimes when you when you know something, you don't really do a lot of training on it. It's kind of like, uh, okay, do you do you train on tying your shoes in the morning? No, you just know it. You do it. You you get come accustomed to it. Well, what happens when when you wake up and you can't tie your shoes? Now you've got to to tra- train on it. You've got to you've got to focus on it. And I think maybe t- 2012 brought that into into light for us. It was like, hey, you know, maybe we don't know everything about it. And yeah. and that spurred the state and the uh, Nebraska Forest Service to start pushing to get the budgets for for the training um and and provide for some of those things that we as a state didn't have and goes back to earlier when we're talking about our own uh tactics we changed why'd we why'd we change them well we got kicked square in the teeth you know we we identified a problem and we had to address it um worst thing the state ever could have done was to do nothing but I right. feel like they take a very proactive approach. Um, so that, that kind of checks one. Uh, so who changed? You know, we kind of addressed that with what changed, but but across the state, who changed? Um, go ahead, Kelsey. I would say like the, you know, the officials for the for the state of Nebraska for the you know whether it's the the state uh, fire marshal, the Forest Service. All those, um, even NEMA got in there and kind of said, hey, yeah, we've got to do something a little bit different. And I think when they were getting information from, you know, the firefighters out there seeing, hey, we need to do something different, we need to do this change, I think they realized, okay, yeah, we're getting this information, we're seeing what's happening, and they were willing to make that change and and – get the funding so they could get all that training and all that good stuff out there for us. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, at the beginning of the day, that's where it starts, right? Like we can do as much as we can do. Yep. 
but there needs some funding and an, and a conscious effort put into progressing um, that that area. And and I think they nailed it. I honestly think they did a great job. Yep. Um, so then we dive into where it changed, which we've kind of touched well, on. You know, it, I th- I think where it changes, I think it goes back to you know some of the programs where they did the fuel fuel mitigation. So when you implement that as a fix, it's not just a snap of your fingers. It's a over time um, progress progressive thing. So you can't just go in and and uh, cut all the cedar trees down because tomorrow some are going to grow back. So you've got to you got to be proactive with that program, but also um, I mean just making people people aware of it in the, in their properties, neighbors' properties, the state properties. I think that that helped. And and there was something when you were mentioning that um, I found it when I was doing the research on this project was. In 2015, the the area uh, emergency managers, fire chiefs, all got together and had this meeting, and they all signed an agreement of a multi-step process in that area on how to help prevent this from ever happening again, and it's awesome. I mean, I was just skim reading through it all, but it was cool that they had an AAR afterwards, and they're all like, hey, we got to do something we can't allow this to happen again. So change isn't always a bad thing. And and I feel like they took some very proactive steps. Um, one of the, one of the big things that they kept mentioning in all the articles I was reading about it was their equipment. Um, we're very fortunate with the equipment that we have here uh, to operate with. Um, their command unit was a, uh, a pickup is 1979 and it was in the shop more than it was on the fire. So if that's their command unit, what's the rest of their units, right? Like, um, and so counties started changing tax levies and this and that to try to raise money to buy better equipment because they don't want to go through that again. Well, I think a lot of that goes back to the education too. I, I'm, I know that our department has helped educate some of our rural board members a little more to actually what what their job entails. I mean, I think sometimes people get elected to some of these positions and they don't exactly know what the job is. And I, I do know that our department sent a couple of them to, uh, to some training to, to help them better do their job. And it, when they came back, it really changed the way that we operated and some of their, it opened some of their eyes to what their responsibilities are. Yeah. Um, Kelsey, you want the next one? Sure. Okay. How it changed. How? I think that goes back to, you know, the firefighters with the boots on the ground realizing, hey, things need to change. And, you know, you pass it up the chain of command. And So, okay, and, and I'm going to ask you to expound on that just a little bit. How do you, um, how do you go about pushing for a change? Because I can see a really fast way that's probably not going to have many results. Uh, and then I could see a way where it's like, okay, we know we have a problem. Baby steps. Yeah. Here's the desired result. It's step at a time, right? Are we going to solve the problem today? And sometimes, you know, when I first became an officer and was doing a lot of these wildland trains, like, hey, I want this done this way, like, right now. 
Well, it doesn't happen that way. Right. Sometimes you gotta you gotta do a little nudging, give somebody an idea, let them run with it, make it their idea. Um, and each person's different. Yep. Um, and then sometimes it's just showing maybe some of the older guys, hey, maybe there's a better way than when you learned, you know, 40 years ago. Um, not saying what they learned is, is bad, but today, like you were talking earlier, you know, we just used to go find, find the hot stuff and put the wet stuff on it, you know, our tactics change and people see, Hey, we can do this safely, be aggressive and have accountability all at the same time. Yeah. And, and to see that, you know, kind of come together, it's pretty neat. Aaron, you get a very difficult one. Okay. Um, we've kind of hit on it, but without repeating the same thing, why did it change? Why Why did we go from 500,000 acres in 2012 to 250,000 acres in 2022? I, I would say maybe it's a culmination of all of the above answers. Um, when you When you start... When you start changing one variable in an equation, sometimes it it has drastic effects on the equation. So if you look at it and you go, okay, well, we we added we added training, we added better better trucks, we added um, better command structures, we add all of these things together, and then we throw worse conditions at the same equation. Well, we come out with better results. Yeah. I mean, we might we might have had a worse worse conditions, but um due to the training, the response and the uh, uh the the way that decisions are made, the strategies and tactics that were employed, we were able to do more with less and do it faster. Yeah. And and sometimes that starts with just turning the spotlight on a situation. Right. I mean, why did it change? I agree hundred percent. We started changing a piece in, in the equation and, and the dominoes, you know, for lack of a better term, started falling, yeah. right? Um, so worse weather conditions, better results. I would agree. Um why it changed from two thousand twelve, uh I guess my my take on it is a the the volunteer firefighters and, and career firefighters, um all firefighters across the state of Nebraska have done a very good job of keeping the fires to a minimum to that point. And then this was just something we couldn't control no matter, because I'm not going to knock them. I got family up there. I know what, I know what they were going through. Um, they just couldn't stop it. And, and for those, those fires to, to get to that level, that was an eye opener, right? The, the state politicians, local politicians, whatever realized we can't do this again. We they 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 segregated their political sides, and they said, "You know what? Here we go. Let's let's come together and go for a common good." Right. And I, I think I think it goes back to that equation. All those little little parts in that equation really really have played off. Now, I don't know I don't know what next year is going to be or the the following year, um, but I think. Ultimately, with the as as we continue to look at the big picture, I think we're going to probably continue to get better at it. 
even even if conditions worsen. Yeah. Well, just just look at this year alone. <clears throat> I mean, how many? Say we helped out with the the field day, the red card training, um, and there's what three, four more going on, pretty close to our area. Right. Um, people are interested in, in learning it. Um, you know, and along that lines is maybe you don't want to be red card certified, but the information that comes out of that red card class is just, there's, I mean, there's wealth of knowledge in there. Yeah. That'll help you be a better firefighter in your home department on a line. Like, Hey, you know, maybe this isn't the best way to be doing some stuff. You know, we can, we can do things a little bit more safe. And, um, for most of us in Nebraska, I mean, unless you're up in the, you know, Panhandle and the Wildcats or, or along the Niobrara River. Um, for us, the wildcard stuff was kind of out the window because we usually ride our trucks. We're not doing much boots on the ground kind of work. Um, but that's what happens when you're flatlanders. You're able to do that. Don't right. have the canyons right. and that type of stuff. But but being able to look at the the clouds and the topography and the fuels, I mean, just those three simple things there will tell you a lot about yep. it and help you develop a prediction of what you think it, it may or may not uh, turn out to be. Yep. Um, I guess you two together answer this very last one we've got when it changed, right? So obviously they passed the Wildfire um, Control Act. We got that. But I think change happened probably before that. Well, I think like what you had talked about, I think they realized it, but as we as we all know in the fire service, it's sometimes it's not immediate. It's that it's the long game. You're you're looking at uh, I mean, obviously some things ch- change right away, but for us to to implement some of these strategies and tactics, um, get the funding, get the training to the people, it's it took time. Took time. I'm gonna say probably, honestly, probably in the last five years, the five to seven years, the bulk of that has has changed. Um, but prior to that, it it was kind of just getting that ball going, you know, like the building a snowman. Sometimes you got to start with a little teeny tiny ball and you get it going. And then next thing you know, you end up with a, a four foot snowball. Yeah. I the, think it's just like Kelsey was saying, those baby steps, right? Yeah. Like just we, we, a little bit at a time. Once you get it going uh, and then it just kind of started going downhill from there. And then we picked up speed and, and were able to make, make, make things better. Yeah, I think back in 2012, what we are today, I think they kind of had some visions of that and they were working towards it, but it's just trying to get the funding to be able to get everybody trained to understand. Um, and, I, and I still think we have a long ways to go. I, I feel we, the state of Nebraska is still, you know, probably 10, 12 years behind some of the other states that have constant wildfires right um and it doesn't matter their fires are always evolving um i don't know i've i've talked to you guys before but towards the end of 2021 
I was telling you guys, hey, the soil conditions that I'm seeing on fires here are getting very similar to they are in California. A lot of people laughed at us. Well, and and we didn't know what that meant, right? I mean, I remember having that conversation several times. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, it's dry. (laughs) And trying to explain it's kind of tough. I mean, I, I try to draw the best picture, which I'm not the best at that, but once you see it, it's like, yep, now I know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I know you mean figuratively draw a picture, but I do remember the other day watching you trace your hand, so I'm really glad you're not going to draw us a picture. Yep. <laughs> but, no, you're exactly right, and those are just small things to pay attention to because it's a big indicator of, of what's coming. Yep, and, you know, when I was – I was up skiing this last weekend and I ran into somebody from Waverly, Nebraska, and I asked him, Hey, you know, you guys have you had much rain? Have you had much snow or anything at all this this winter? And they said no, they haven't had a whole had a whole lot. So for me, just thinking back, the way they are setting right now is very close to what we were setting at the beginning of twenty twenty two. Yeah. So it, it could it could affect the eastern part of the state and the northern part of the state drastically different than than us in our area yep i mean obviously you when the frost went away out here you you saw how fast our water holes disappeared yeah that i'd be gone at uh, hazmat training for a week and when we left the ground was covered in snow and to come back and there's not very much snow left that really oh. really surprised me and there's not a whole lot of moisture on the top of the soil either nope nope and and i think they uh, i think the latest drought monitor for us or the future drought monitor for us is the drought's going to persist for us here yeah i did see that this morning too so we we, we might have it, it might be a, a a good year to green up everything and then this fall uh, late summer um it might get interesting yeah you know and some other things you talked about in there too is yeah they've the state has done prescribed fires, but the last few years it's really been pushed pretty heavily. Um, you know, for us down our neck of the woods, I mean, a prescribed fire, that's kind of a naughty word. Um, but I think with some of the trainings we've been doing and showing the people that can be done safely if it's done correctly, um, I think that's kind of changing some minds, and that helps us out with some of these large fires. So reduce that fuel load helps us catch it a little easier. Yeah, I agree. Well, more moral of of this case study, I guess, is uh, sometimes it takes uh, a big disaster to cause change. Sometimes um, it doesn't take a big disaster to cause change, you know. Uh, but change can be brought on uh, by little moves. And and to back that up, I got trivia of the day. A bowling pin only needs to tilt about seven and a half degrees to fall. Just keep that in mind. I felt that correlates. I don't know. My bowl and I think some lean more than that. And they still stand. <laughs> Yours are tied to the ground. <laughs> but that's what you get for bowling with bumpers. Oh, oh man. But now everybody, thanks for the listen. Um, hopefully you guys like these case studies. Um, just something else we decided to start doing and, and we're going to review stuff and give our spin on it. Uh, you know, you guys have been supporting the t-shirt shop. Keep it going. You guys that spoke out for t-shirts early on, go ahead and uh, reach back out so we can get those to you. 
Uh, we're starting to run out pretty quick. So give the, give the Facebook page a like and share. Um, we, we got a few more States to hit. So keep sharing, share hard. Uh, there's exciting news coming down with the share button too. So as soon as Aaron gets that figured out, we will release it. Um, new changes coming here shortly for the Midwest firefighter as well. So thank you everybody. Reach out to the Midwest firefighter at gmail.com and have a great day. You see that coming over the hill there? What's that? Fire school. Awesome. Yep. You guys better get signed up for fire school. We want to see you guys there. When is it? May 19th through the 21st. Awesome. All right, everybody check out uh, the NSVFA website and get signed up. Yep. Get there.